life that I should live so. Thirteen years on New York City's Lower East Side left me with a slightly Yiddish worldview, in spite of my Chatham-Ontario Anglo roots. These podcasts cover the highs and lows of a longish life. The focus is on entertainment and not angst. My name is Sonia Brock, and I'm podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I spent about 13 years of my life working for MoGov, the federal government, in a department that shall remain unnamed. I came in as a temporary worker, but somehow or other I worked my way into the system. There were a group of engineers and accountants who were part of a department involved with local industry, and they had never been able to keep a secretary. I took that as a challenge and managed to work my way into their good graces by, well, by working very hard and uh, going above and beyond the call of duty, and they went to bat for me, and when the competition came up, uh, because it was a fair competition, uh, I won the position, possibly because no one else really wanted it but it was a start. I worked with those lads about seven or eight years and got to know the ins and outs of the government process. A wise fellow worker told me, don't try to make sense of what's being done. In many cases, it makes no sense at all because, particularly as regards our masters in Ottawa, they're all crazy. I I think this craziness was part of a a duality. We were public servants there to serve the public good, but we were being run by politicians who had, to some extent, to serve their own ends. An example of this might be success stories. We were, at certain times, often close to an election or some other key moment in political matters, required to scurry about and find what good we had done, uh, what persons were actually able to say our our efforts on their behalf had resulted in their becoming a success. This was um, easier said than done, but uh, begrudgingly we, they fellows all went out and tried to make silk purses out of any number of sow's ears until they came up with the requisite success stories, and these were dutifully served up to the politicians to exhibit in the fashion that they do. Another example was ministerials. Ministerials were letters that were allegedly from the political minister in charge of, well, whatever it happened to be. And we were part of a process where a letter would be written even to the prime minister, 
who would promptly bump it downstairs to the relevant minister whose department it fell into, who would immediately bump it down to the provincial uh, federal level, where an officer who was in charge of that particular thing, like, uh, I don't know, steam saunas in your shower or something like that, would then craft a reply, and the reply would work its way back up through the system, through our own director general, but more particularly his secretary who had special governance over ministerials, and the wording was corrected, and it went back and forth, and then it went on to the to the minister, and the minister, if it was the one responsible, he would sign it off, and it would go to the constituent in due course, uh, saying probably nothing in particular in a very bland and pleasant way. We understand your concerns, etc., etc., and that was a ministerial. When I first came into the department, there was a great tree of rankings of secretarial staff. There was also a hierarchical tree of officers and what have you, but there were certain secretaries who worked directly with directors. They ran that their little kingdoms, and then there was the secretary that worked for the director general, and these secretaries formed a royalty. They spoke for the throne, as it were, and everyone gave them due respect. I mentioned in a previous podcast that I was a hobby computer person, a geek in training, and I got to witness the coming of computers to the department. Now, when the computers first came, Uh, And they were lowly little models from our current point of view, but quite splendid at that time. They were all stored in what had been the smoking room, which had a a glass panel in its door. And we could go by them and look in and peek and see all the computers stacked up that would be coming to us when they had support staff, which they had not yet hired. Now, being a computer hobbyist and a bit of an activist, I'd formed a, a little computer club at work. This was allowed in, a, in our lunch hours and our social time, and, and I formed a kind of a movement, more or less a petitionary movement, to free the computers, because it was driving me nuts seeing those fine machines all locked up that way. So pressure was brought to bear, and through more or less group action, those computers were foisted on the populace before there were a computer support staff for them. The lady who had been doing computer work in the department was, well, she'd risen to her level of incompetence, and that was that. But then they brought in a real computer guy, and he set up a network with his assistant, and we were online, and a strange thing started to happen. I was still in computer user group. We had meetings. Everybody was very interested, and the, the poor secretary of, of the director general had to come in and sit through these meetings, which she hated because they bored her to peers, but she was under instructions to keep tabs on what was happening with us um, geeks in training and so forth. A strange thing started to happen. A, 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 a wonderful woman was brought in who'd who was to train us, and she was very bright, and she was very good. And uh, what we needed to learn as secretaries was primarily word processing with a little bit of spreadsheet stuff and a little bit of presentation stuff, but mostly word processing. And she specialized in a product called WordPerfect, on which we became 
experts, but on which she was a true guru. Now, we learned the word processing, and it used to be that there was a sort of a boiler room of the secretarial staff who would prepare the reports for officers, and the officers didn't have to type a darn thing. But then, in the fullness of time, they put computers on the officers' desks. The secretaries in the, their rug-ranked offices and the officers did not know that this was part of a plot to get rid of staff by letting the officers do their own typing. Well, my goodness, such a fuss and bother. But it happened. Over time it happened. All those exalted secretaries sort of drifted off and we were left with basically female administrative staff who did uh, a lot of the work of the, of the director and and um, some typing and, and, and answered phones and whatnot, but that grand pool of, of secretaries was, was gone and the officers were typing on their own except for Jim who refused to type fingers like sausages and was a bit of a peasant and but smart and shrewd and wouldn't type so he got his typing done for him one way or another but it was strange to see that wave of change pass through the department. My interest in computers continued. All my hobbies eventually turned into jobs. An entertainment group that I was uh, close to needed a website, so I taught myself basically using raw code and then looking at it in a browser and then back to the code and back and forth and back and forth until I had some kind of website up for them. And it was a monumental achievement. But this meant that I knew how to put up a website. And I continued and got better tools and, and put up my own website of, of useful links and progressed onward and, and picked up a couple more clients. A fellow that wrote coding for billing uh, in and basic and, and, oh, I don't know, a stained glass studio and uh, another entertainer and another entertainer and an African violet site and so forth and so on. So when the time came around that one of the other departments upstairs needed a webmaster, and oh my, what a fuss over that word. Uh, they didn't want to call me a webmaster because it was a male term, but I would re not be called a webmistress. It didn't ring right in my ear, whatever. In any case, I'm getting ahead of myself. I trained myself in, in the web, and they had magic word, an internal competition. That meant that people who were working currently for the department could compete for this position, but, of course, there was nobody in the department that knew how to put up a website except me. <laughs> so I took the competition and I, I won. I mean, someone else took it and I was very worried about that. It turned out they were uh, an incompetent wannabe, to coin a phrase, and um, I got the job and went in and I put up a, a real government website and it had all kinds of things and links and so forth and official approvals and whatnot and it was a lot a lot of work because well there was an existing website but it had flaws 
great big ones and I first thing I had to do was root out the flaws which involved a lot of spaghetti code and and files that were too big and files that were unnecessary and paring it down to what we actually needed and getting rid of what we didn't and so forth and then that was done thank goodness was I done oh no because Canada is a bilingual country now I, an English-speaking person with only school French, had to get the site translated into French. Now, there was a translation bureau, and what I did, with the assistance of a, a wonderful chap who was actually French but didn't want to have a thing to do with translating the site, but he'd do edit after something was already done, he'd look at it and see if it made any sense at all in French. And I went through word by word, phrase by phrase, sentence by sentence, with the Translation Bureau, laboriously, because there were many pages and many links and many sentences and words, translated that damn site into French. And it was workable French, thanks to the good chap who did the overview. And it was a source of amazement that... Uh, we now were in compliance. We had an site in both English and French. That was my major triumph. Actually, things went downhill a bit from there on, and management decided that the geeks could not run the farm, and they had to have some input into the web process, which was not just a by-blow, but actually a primary method of communication and there were programmers now in our department in Ottawa and and something called cold fusion which I didn't much care for but had to learn and I did after a fashion and then we had to code the pages so that they went by cold fusion scripts and it wasn't much fun anymore However, I was getting ready to retire because I'm not a young person, and so I could look forward to the day when I could kiss them all goodbye. I'll talk a little more about the department. I, I was a wild card. Uh, human Resources tried to clone me, but it didn't work. There weren't very many other people who wanted to work, not for the, just their little silo, but the whole department, and that had always been my view. That was, by the way, because I was and I am a, an anarchist, um, philosophical anarchist, and uh, believed that uh, power belonged to the people and that we should do things that benefited everybody and uh, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs, all sorts of things. Something I didn't bring up in casual conversation while working for Magov. Well, what I was doing, by the way, we used to call burrowing from within well I don't know I was working for the government and I gave them uh, hard work and loyalty so what can I say but in any case I, I worked for the whole office and I ran a, a book table for United Way and people donated their pocket books because those were easy to read in on the subway and, or in go train or transportation like that and I would sell them for 50 cents each would never raise the price, always just 50 cents each, and kept the whole department supplied with reading matter for years. 
and managed to make, you know, two or three hundred dollars to give to United Way every year, too, so that wasn't so bad. I also ran a coffee service, which was very, very popular, and we made a little bit of money off of that, and that was a good thing, but it was a lot of work, and uh, when I moved up into being a webmaster, I I had to let that go, although I ran a coffee service upstairs, which was okay. But then, as often happens in government, uh, they they play a sort of a musical chairs, and uh, the fellow we thought we hated and uh, who was unreasonable moved out, and it turned out he was the best of a bad deal because the one that moved in was... Well, she was much worse, and uh, she still is, and uh, God bless her, she's still there. Government goes on. It, it's, it's run, by the way, mainly by student labor, uh, what I think of almost as slave labor, they, this wave of students that comes in every year and, and does work and gets credit for the work that they do, and they do all the dog work, and, and of course the decision-making is, is done by the officers and the directors and whatnot, but the work is done mostly by students, and that's a little secret about the government. In any case, I fear I, I might be becoming boring. This is a slightly self-indulgent podcast, but I needed to get it off my chest, so to speak, so here it be. This is Sonia Brock podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I can be reached through my website at www.soniabrock.com, S-O-N-I-A-B-R-O-C-K. Mm-hmm.